Well, one of the things we've done for many years is speak with people uh, within our community who are doing some very interesting things and likely because of the interesting things that they are doing are faced with some interesting challenges. And uh, we met a while back a young gentleman named uh, Ari Mayrov. Ari Mayrov is um, on Twitter. You could find him at my sports update again at my sports update. And he covers NFL news and he has listen to this 678,000 followers. That's right. You heard correctly. 678,000 followers. And uh, more importantly, he's an amazing member of our community an outstanding mensch, according to uh, all the accounts that uh, I have gotten. And he's with us live via telephone to discuss this unique situation that he's in. Ari Mayrov, welcome to JM in the AM. Nachum, it's an honor to be on with you, and I appreciate the um, amazing introduction there. I mean, I should get you on for every radio hit that I ever do. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Actually, I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, you know, right off the bat, uh, I would have to assume, I mean, I am an NFL fan, a frustrated Jet fan, which I think is no revelation at all to this audience that has heard me discuss it over the years. I am an NFL fan. I'd have to imagine there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are reporting NFL news on a year-round, regular basis. Why is Ari Mayrov attracting close to 700,000 followers? Well, it's definitely um, a great question. And as you know, the NFL is such a, it's such a big sport. And there are millions of people who follow this game literally year round. And um, so many people care about it so closely. And I basically, what I did when I started this in 2013, my idea of it was essentially, I'm going to take everything that is going on around the NFL and put it all in one spot. And as you said, there are so many different people who are putting out information about what's going on, whether it's a signing, a trade, an injury, uh, um, a firing, a hiring, whatever it is. That I remember at the time, I was like, there's really no place for the average fan who's in school or is at work for him to truly get everything in one spot, a reliable place, an accurate place, not, not biased information, but just straight up regular information that you need to know every single day if you're a, a, a close fan. So that's kind of what it, when it started. And I did that for a couple of years. And over time, it just started to grow and grow. And it got to a point where I remember it was really just a side hustle for me. And it got to a point where I remember seeing like analysts and reporters and players, agents, some coaches, like started following the account. That's when I realized I was doing something right. So I guess the reason why it has become this, you know, successful to this point essentially is it's a one-stop shop for everything. It's basically a hub for the average fan who needs to know everything instead of following so many different people or going to multiple different websites, you get all your information in one spot. So you're essentially a clearinghouse. I mean, if there's an injury update, if there's a schedule update, if some game is flexed or if uh, a team decides to wear a different uniform, all of that is going to be reported by Ari Mayrov at some point that day. Everything is going to be there for the most part in a timely fashion. Obviously, Shabbos, we all take off there, so you're going to miss it on Saturdays and all that, which is perfectly fine with me. But 
Um, aside from that, yeah, you're going to get basically everything that I think the fan needs to know. I'm going to try not to put anything out there that I don't think is relevant or that important. But everything that is really important and I feel like is noteworthy or I feel like the fans care about, that is all going to be on there. And it's really one of the main reasons why it has gotten to this point where, again, I would have never imagined it would when I started this thing back in 2013. You know, I remember, uh, I mean, like I said, we've been discussing this topic of, uh, you know, people in our community doing interesting things uh, for many, many years, decades at this point. And I remember um, there was somebody who put together an incredible news site at the very beginning when the internet was, um, you know, just becoming part of everyone's day in terms of checking news, etc. And Matt Drudge, I'm assuming everybody in this audience, even people your age know who Matt Drudge is, the Drudge Report, etc. He would have links at the bottom of his homepage to different news sites, you know, that he would suggest 30 or 40 of them. And he refused to put this one on because the gentleman in charge of it took off on Shabbos, not for anti-Semitic, not because he didn't like Jews, but simply he felt that he can't put on, you know, for his audience, a website that's not there and active 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Do you have any drawbacks not being available for those 25 hours? I really have not gotten many drawbacks, to be honest. Like, I, I also just, I don't know how many of all the followers that you mentioned that I have realized that I'm actually off during those 24 hours. Like I have mentioned in different places that I'm Jewish and I'm Orthodox and, and I observe Shabbat and all those different things, but I'm not sure how many of the percentage of the people actually are aware of it. So that's part of it. But the reality of the NFL, and you probably know that as a fan, is that the news cycle really never stops. It's right. really like a train. It's literally every single day, no matter what, you're going to have new stuff coming in all the time. So even though I'm not around for a Shabbos and I'm missing 25 hours and there have been, many different things that have happened on those days. I can mean five different trades that happened on, on Shabbos that I missed, which is fine. It, it, it's normal. But you know what happens when I get back on Sunday, there'll be more stuff going on. So it's really gotten to a point where I understand it's really not the end of the world. Everything is fine. Everything will be fine. Everyone will understand it. And the best part about it, I've gotten to know many people around the NFL now, ever since this really became a full-time job and I speak to them. And when I tell them about, you know, I'm not around on Saturdays, don't text me, don't call me or whatever. They're like, oh, how do you do that? How do you like, how are you like not on your phone for 25 hours? And when you explain it to them and you explain the whole concept of being with your family and sitting down and, you know, going to school, seeing your, your friends and all the different things, they, it's, it's nice to like settle in for them. It's like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's actually really cool. I feel like everyone actually needs that. So yeah. There's that element of it as well, which has been really fun to do. Because, like, initially, they don't really understand what I'm talking about. They think it's crazy. And then eventually, like, settles in. And they're like, actually, that's something that we would love to have if we could do that. Well, so. I mean, this reminds me of, you know, some of the, some of the other Jewish heroes. And I'm sure you don't, you're not comfortable being classified in that way. But that's how we've been doing it for decades. Anybody who declares to institutions that run this country that Shabbos is more important than what they do. And in this case, it's the NFL. You're basically telling people Shabbos is more important than NFL football. I mean, I don't think any you know, average American you know, wouldn't faint when they hear that anything's more important uh, than the National Football League. But you're basically declaring that on a regular basis, not, not trumpeting it and not publicizing it, as you indicated, but certainly – uh, you know, the, the word gets around as you uh, become more and more well-known. Ari Mayrov is with us.
with us live via telephone. He is uh, on Twitter with almost 700,000 followers with the National Football League. So back to our other part of the conversation. A three-day yuntif, again, must, must drive you three times as crazy as a regular Shabbos. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always that element where, you know, whenever I open the calendar every year to see when the holidays come up, like you want it not to fall on Sundays, but if it does, it does. This year, every holiday is hitting on Sundays, which is fine. Whatever, we'll miss games. It's, it's perfectly fine with me. As I was telling you, like it happens. Um, you do Rosh Hashanah, you do Yom Kippur, it's the holiest days of the year. I mean, regardless, that's, it trumps everything with football. I literally don't even have football in my mind during those days so um it, it is what it is you get back whenever it is this year i believe it's, it's on monday or sunday night we get back and you go catch up on what you missed well, once you get back home and um you see what it is and then you keep it moving because yeah. like i was telling you let's just use this year as an example you're going to miss most of the sunday games for rosh hashanah because of rosh hashanah that's fine you get back there's going to be a sunday night game there's going to be all the injury reports that come out the very next day. They're going to be a lot more um, head coach interviews the next day, and they're going to bring out some more information. There will be a lot more rumors coming out, whether it's trade stuff or guys who are on the bubble, roster bubble, those type of things. So plus, uh, plus, the Monday night game. On. plus the Monday night game. Plus the Monday night game. There will be another game. So the reality is it's just never going to stop. So right. even though you're missing a large chunk of things, Eventually, you get back, and it's as if you didn't miss anything. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah, it's a good perspective. Uh, the, the season is more there than it's not there. Those of us who are frustrated, we may miss some games. It's a lot more there than not there, as Ari Mayrov just pointed out. By the way, you were in a unique situation. Uh, we talked about Shabbos. Your perspective is amazing that uh, you're able to you know, shut off the NFL world for those 25 hours. And certainly, if there's a three-day untive, you could do the same thing, which is wonderful and a great lesson for everybody listening, no matter what line of work they may be in. But you found yourself a uni- in a unique situation. You're not, you're not averse to making an accommodation when it's possible to make an accommodation. I'm referring to the fact that the NFL draft was taking place on a Friday night and you found a unique way to keep your work going um, for a little bit longer. Explain to everybody what happened. Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing that you know that because I really haven't told many people about it. But what I've done, the NFL draft people don't know, it's a three-day event. It starts on Thursday night. And then the second and third round is on Friday night. And then the final four rounds, four through seven, are on Saturday. What I did basically is because the rounds two and three are on Friday, over the last few years, ever since this became a full-time thing for me, the draft is one of the biggest events of the NFL calendar, people who don't know. So if I was to stay in New York, which is where I'm from, I would essentially miss the the second and third round of the draft. So what I've done in the last few years is I essentially go to the West Coast and I've gone to Seattle for Shabbos for that particular week. And by doing that, I'm able to get the rounds two for three in because Shabbos there starts at around 8 o'clock local, which would be 11 o'clock Eastern. <laughs> Amazing. And by then, rounds two and three is over. It's and fantastic. And then I'm able to take in Shabbos and everything is perfectly fine. So, so it's, it's, it's a nice, beautiful Jewish community. Instead of complaining yep. that Shabbos is ruining your activities, you found the positive way around it. Exactly. I mean, there's a beautiful Jewish community in Seattle as well. So um, it all works out. I mean, I, I've gone there for a few years now, and honestly, I've enjoyed every second being there. I mean, it's a very unique place, and um, 
it's honestly been great. I mean, it's, it's probably one of those trips every year that I kind of look forward to just because it, there, there is a different element of it, but there was a way of getting around it to make it work for, for all parties. I guess. Do, do they think that Pete Carroll has overstayed his welcome? They, they, um, it's funny cause they, they, they are diehard sports fans there in Seattle and that, they, I mean, they love their team. I mean, they love Pete Carroll. It's hard not to like the guy. I mean, he's, it's amazing for, if for people who don't follow football, if you look at Pete Carroll and watch videos of him on the sideline, you would never guess that he's 72 years old. Wow. So he's a very, very highly energetic guy. He's the oldest head coach in football. Not wow. So he's the, older um, than Belichick? people would never guess that. He's older than Belichick by a year. It is wow. one of the crazier facts out there in football. So um, they like him there. He had an amazing job last year. A team that was not supposed to be good somehow made the playoffs. So, um, I don't think they're that they're continuing that much about it. And uh, and there's and likely you will you will tweet something out on his birthday now that he's getting up there in age. <laughs> That's the likelihood. I, I actually, I the funny thing is, in funny you mentioned that I actually did 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 do that <laughs> when he turned seventy, and the reaction to him turning seventy were like, "Holy cow! I did not know he's already 70. So uh, <laughs> it, it is it is an impressive thing. He's a highly energetic guy and definitely does not look like his age. Do you know what your most retweeted tweet was? Like, is there one that stands out where the whole country went crazy? Um. So last year during the Demar Hamlin situation, which really took over the world, um, when that happened, of course he had cardiac arrest on the field. Right. A bit of a miracle that he came out of it and all. The aftermath of it, once it was, you know, doctors said that he was going to be fine, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen did a press conference, and he kind of went out of of his way to say that the player who hit DeMar Hamlin, he was getting some hate on social media for whatever reason. It was a free play. It wasn't his fault. Right. But there was a lot of people hating on him for whatever reason. So the Bills quarterback came out in his press conference before it ended, stopped everything and said, hey, I've seen a lot of things on social media. I'm asking everyone to stop it. Do not blame the player. His name is T. Higgins. Don't blame him. Don't blame his family. With stuff that are being out there is definitely wrong. And um, the news that we got today that DeMar was going to be fine, um, I'm sure that took a lot off his shoulders because we've all fought for him as well. So people really, you know, it really, people took that video to heart because you really went out of his way to, like, talk about the player from the other team. And that video, for whatever reason, got well over a hundred thousand likes and whatever. So I think that one is is one of the highest ones that I've had. We've had a few others, but that one quickly came to mind right now. Uh, You said you're an NFL. It sounds like you're an NFL fan since you're a youngster Uh, and knowing the geography um, uh, where you're from, I would have to assume you've paid a a lot of attention to my team. Uh, Is there any hope this year for the New York jets? Uh, What do you think? I am very, very excited about the New York Jets this year. First time, long time for this team. I mean, they obviously got a new quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of this game in Aaron Rodgers. That team last year somehow won seven games, even though the quarterback play was not great, to say the least. And now you're getting one of the better ones in history. And Aaron is coming into that team with a different energy. It just feels like he's very, very happy. He's getting along with everybody there. The coaches love him. He's involved with the front office work. Um, that team is, is young, but very, very talented on the defense. Um, the weapons, the receivers, and the running backs, 
The offensive line is a bit of a work in progress, but they'll get better. I think this team is going to be good this year. They're in a very, very tough division and a very tough conference, which makes it a little bit more complicated. But I have this team winning at the very least 10 games wow. and getting into the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, very high on the Jets. I hope I'm not, we're not going to look back at this come January and I'm way off. But I am really, really excited about this team because they somehow won seven games last year with bad quarterback play. And now you're getting one of the best players really ever to come in and take over the same team that even added even more players on top of that. So I, I think their over-under is nine and a half. You basically think that that's pretty sound, like that's the, they got it right, you're thinking. I think so. I mean, there's, there's this element that he came in, he's really gotten this entire team together to buy in, and he did something that was, that was very different that no player I've ever seen do this before. And I'll tell your audience about it. He did a, uh, He was supposed to make a lot of money this year. It's supposed to be basically $50 million this year, $50 million next year. Right. He did something where he took a $35 million pay cut. He returned $35 million to give back to the team so they could add even more players around him. So he's as all-in as it gets right now for them to add more players, build a championship team. They already have a championship-caliber team, in my opinion. I think they're going to add a few more players here in the coming weeks as they try to fortify the roster. But I am very, very excited about this team. And as someone from New York, I feel the 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 buzz around this team um, with the season coming up in a couple of weeks. Do you agree that uh, the Giants are uh, are being treated fairly when people uh, speak of their over-under for the season at seven or eight games? It, it's, it's an interesting question because last year they overachieved like crazy and um, it surprised everybody surprised me. They have an excellent head coach. They have a quarterback who I think gets, doesn't get enough respect. If I'm being honest, a lot of people think he's not worth the money that he got paid this off season. He's a, he's a pro typical, typical type of quarterback you want in the NFL right now. He's a, a thrower and a runner. You could right. do both. And um, they finally added a lot of really good players around him, including a tight end. His name is Darren Waller, who has been a monster so far here in camp. He's been catching everything. He's going to have a big year if he stays healthy. So I, I think the Giants could do better than this. I think it's a seven, seven and a half, whatever it was. Um, they're in a, an easier conference, per se. They're in a tough division, but the conference isn't as difficult. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not as low on them as some people are making out to be. I think that team they added so many good players that, they're going to keep on moving up over here as well. It's exciting times right now in New York for football. Does Ari better than baseball? I can tell you that much. Does Ari Mayroff make Super Bowl predictions? I have in the past. I am not a big opinion person, if I'm going to be honest with you, but I have not settled on my pick just yet. So it's not automatic, in your opinion, that Kansas City is the favored uh, NFL team to win it all? I mean... If you if you told me right now to pick somebody, I probably will put Kansas City again. However, the last time we've had a back-to-back champion in the NFL was back in 2003-2004 with New England. So it hasn't happened in a very, very long time. Right. When the team wins it all, there's this element where everyone is out to get them to make sure they don't get it back. So I don't think it's, a, it's, it's as, a, as much of a lock as some people are making it out to be. And like I was telling you before, the conference in the AFC has so many great teams so many excellent young quarterbacks and one 
I guess, old quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. But there, there's a lot of really, really good players in that conference. And yeah. A lot of really, really good teams. And, and injuries play such a part, and nobody can predict any of exactly. those. So who, who knows? Uh, Ari Mayrov, everybody. He's, in my, our opinion, uh, one of those amazing people that declares to one of the most important. I mean, the NFL, to a degree, controls this country. It certainly controls our entertainment schedule. They figured out a way to usurp every single month of the year, as I'm sure you've observed over the last few years as you're getting older and older. Uh, so so you're, t- you're telling one of the most important institutions in the uh, entire country and the world that, um, that Shabbos is more important and that this whole concept of uh, being inaccessible for 25 hours is not, not, not only a welcome on your part, but you would strongly suggest it to others as well. And for us, that's one of the most heroic things someone can do, make those statements uh, to an institution that thinks they own everything and that nobody can tell them anything. Uh, have they invited you to the Super Bowl yet, or that's down the road? I actually was – I did go – Two years ago to the Super Bowl when I was working with PFF, we were able to um, get that. I mean, now that I'm officially a, a full-time worker in this industry for the last two years, I'm able to really go to all events with credentialed access, which is um, pretty great. I mean, I've been to the Combine, the Senior Bowl, the owners' meetings is a, is a fascinating thing, which I wish more people get to see just how all these owners walk around and talk to each other. It's some fascinating things there. Um so yeah, I, I've kind of been to all these league events that go on during the off season in particular, because that's when all the transaction season really goes on. But um, yeah, I, I've been able to go to all of those different things and um, a lot of different things go on there. A lot of different conversations and discussions and chatter goes on. A lot of rumblings about what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. And the Super Bowl is definitely one of them as well. But the Super Bowl is more of a year-end event where everyone just gets to celebrate the entire year of what just happened. And, and we should mention and then, that, of course, we, should, on we should mention at those owners' meetings, there are some people very involved in Jewish philanthropy. You've got some NFL owners well, that are supporting some wonderful causes out there. There are, obviously, Robert Kraft is probably on top of that list, but there's a large chunk of Jewish owners in the NFL. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie, of course, is in there. There's 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 a nice number uh, amount, I'm, I'm, amount of them. I'm of course are. I'm of course thinking of the Will family, sure. Yeah, exactly. That there. So th- th- there are there are Steve Tisch, of course, with the Giants. I mean, there there are there there are a bunch of Jewish owners here in the NFL. A lot of them were involved with many different Jewish organizations and philanthropy, like you said. And um, it's amazing because I, I deal with a lot of front office people. That's really part of my job. And there's a lot of front office people who are Jewish, not necessarily religious, but a lot of people who are Jewish and understand really everything that really goes on in the Orthodox world. So whenever I do have those discussions with them, I mean, they, they totally understand that. I mean, when it comes to front office people, the people who make the decisions up top, I would say there's a, a nice percentage of them who are, who are Jewish out there. So um, that's also a really good part about football, which... Um, and and to be fair, even though some people may criticize me because of the things that uh, he's been accused of, the prior owner of the Washington Commanders was also and continues to be very philanthropic in certain areas of Jewish life. So even even guys with a checkered history, some of them have some amazing attributes to them uh, that should be recognized. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss that out there as well. Uh, everybody out there, you should know that there are some people on the front lines of major entertainment industries in this country uh, that are uh, representing us well. One of them is Ari Mayrov. You can follow 
him on Twitter. What did I say the at was? What's your uh, at what on Twitter? The at is my sports update. It's probably a different story to explain how we got to that name, but I just made up a name when I started this thing in 2013, not expecting it to go anywhere, and that's what it was, and now it's <laughs> stuck. So um, my sports update is the name. At my sports update, and you could follow what Ari does every single day when it's not Shabbos or Yom Tov. And I would guess, other than those two occasions, Ari, you are working from Havdalah to candle lighting. Would that be accurate? Eh, more or less. I mean, I definitely try to find a way of doing proper work-life balance. But um, there's, as, as we said earlier, there's so much going on that sometimes it gets a little bit difficult. What a delight speaking with you. I take this opportunity to wish you a happy, healthy, sweet new year. And I hope that toward the end of January, you and I are doing a local Super Bowl preview. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be amazing <laughs> if that ends up happening. It would be um, one of the last time we've had that. Met the Yankees in 2000, whatever it was. So, um, it's that, that would be um, an impressive thing. It's few and far between. In this case, I would at least take the AFC side of things. Trust me. Uh, Ari, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us. Continue to represent our people as well as you do already. It was an honor. Thank you so much, Nathan. Ari Mayrov, everybody. Almost 700,000 followers on Twitter. And most importantly... He's one of those people in our community who is uh, declaring to a very, very important institution and industry in this country that there's nothing more important than Shabbos. Nothing more important than Shabbos. And that, to us, over all these years, has always been such an incredible and uh, amazing um, thing to acknowledge. It's just—it's—it's always, for us, it's amazing. It reminds me of some of the classic interviews we've done over the last 40 years with people who have declared that uh, Shabbos is more important than politics, Shabbos is more important than boxing, which, of course, in this country was one of the, I mean, historic hallmark sports in this country in the early part and middle part of the 20th century. Um, People who've said that uh, Shabbos is more important than uh, representing sports figures and uh, being at their beck and call every hour of every day. Um, concert producers and promoters who've said that the Shabbos and Jewish music is more important than than their industry and uh, non-Jewish music. We've met a lot of people like this over the years. Love featuring them. And to us, they, they really are Jewish heroes, whether they want to accept that or not. They don't have to. They don't have to agree with me that they're Jewish heroes. But I will never stop saying that they are.